do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Liberal Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Liberal Cube. Oh, what the frick. Rest- no, not restart now. Wow. Pretty rude computers asking if I want to restart the minute after I start recording a podcast. Is it a sign from the computer gods? No. I'm not going to take it that way as I don't believe in God's computer or otherwise. Uh, what are we here for? Yes, this is a show in which I will talk of the media I have consumed so that you don't have to. No, I want you to consume some of it if I give it a very high rating on my nonsensical scale. However, it's also okay to not watch the things that I give low marks to, which is not too much because I like most things. Things! Like a timer that I'm about to push on my telephone that does this sound. Oh my god. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rough you some things. <clears throat> Today, I actually don't have a movie monologue, but what I do have is a explanation, sort of, sort of, sort of, uh, post uh, episode 500, which will be next. Ooh, exciting, because this is 4.99. I will say, and this is no surprise if somehow, someway you are a long-term listener, you will know that I record these a fair chunk in advance. I usually have four to six in the can, as the kids say. Uh, so, um, from my perspective, I actually recorded episode 500 quite a while ago, like a month or two even. So, I forget what I said or did. Uh, some of that may have also been the booze and the drugs involved in the recording of that episode. Oh, interesting. Sneak peek, uh, to that. Uh, so the reason that I'm sort of coinciding this with the fact that I, I didn't have enough movies, I watched one movie, and I'm not going to devote an entire movie monologue to one movie, that's ridiculous. Um, so, uh, post-episode 500, as I keep trying to say and cutting myself off, is going to be a little more lackadaisical in terms of, uh, if I don't have a segment, I'll just record an episode and <clears throat> that'll be that. Uh, quite often I'll just save things and save things and save things, so I'll double up movies and stuff like that. But uh, I'm going to go a different and easier route, uh, both in terms of uh, having to do things for the podcast. By that I mean sometimes I'll see, uh, you know what, I, I, I want to watch this television show, but because I don't have enough movies 
uh, for the podcast, I'm going to have to watch this movie again and, uh, or watch a movie now. And I don't want to do that because I don't have to do that because nobody pays me to do this. There is that one penny I made one time, a literal one penny, 500 plus episodes is what this rakes in, but I don't do it for that reason. I do it. So I don't go insane and just not talk about all the media I consumed, which is something I, no I normally say at the top of the show. Boy, am I talking too fast? Okay, so uh, yeah, we're going to skip a movie monologue in uh, a, a sort of cheers to the post-500 world where uh, things will be a little more lackadaisical in terms of um, having every single segment appear in every single episode, okay? Uh, the other sort of reason behind that is the fact that I'm going to focus a little bit more on the uh, a secret YouTube project I have uh, spoken of, which actually is going to come out shortly, so I'll just tell you what it is now. It's called the Alphabetical DM. So, were you to go on YouTube, or uh, actually, I'm putting it on a lot of different platforms, so not just YouTube. Uh, you could even just Google it. It should appear on my website and stuff, a nerdywebsite.com. Um, basically, I'm going to be reviewing in a similar style to the way I review things on this show nonsensically uh all monsters spell and locations that exist within the forgotten realms yes a daunting task i will say very much so i have recorded two episodes so far uh let me see if i can remember the first one the uh spell was acid splash or acid something with acid i believe the monster of course was aracocra because like the mighty aardvark starts with two a's uh and the the location was some weird dwarven temple like abba abba uh, abba athor or something like that um so I, I took those three elements rated them then i also had a main topic as i will be doing the main topic of episode one was what is D? &D? oh not very original but if you're gonna do a first episode you know it's, it's like having a D, D start in a tavern uh sometimes you just gotta do it um then I'm going to combine the three things from that episode into some sort of uh, scenario you could perhaps use in your campaign or use in your backstory. Uh, then I'm going to answer a viewer question, uh, as I don't have viewers yet because the first episode is posting October 31st, 2019, I should mention. Um, so I'm just taking questions from Facebook D&D groups, of which I am a member of too many. Um, so just questions from there and then answer them on the podcast and uh that's about it oh uh, i should say a, a cool little thing i decided to do is donate all proceeds to take this.org uh on the very off chance it makes any money but i've also decided to put in the closing credits of that show that i will for every 100 subscribers on youtube uh, donate ten dollars again to that amazing charity take this.org which uh has a special place in my heart and brain because uh it has to do with uh, uh mental health of which uh, i have had my difficulties in the past uh, needless to say as i've spoken on the podcast from time to time uh and also gaming so um sort of combined 
the the healing of gaming or helping those who are gamers or uh, it's just sort of a strange peanut butter and jam but they do go very well together because i think sometimes people can uh retreat to gaming when uh the mental health things are, are ticking off as they do from time to time folks let me restart this why do I have to push the button every time? Didn't used to be like that. Excuse me, that is disgusting. And a little cool. Television talk. Today's Television Talk sponsor is 45 Pancakes. Speaking of reviews, as I have a little bit so far on this episode, I am talking the television show Review. Yes. Specifically Season 3. Yes. Which was only three episodes long. No. Uh, yeah, uh, the fact that we even got this quote-unquote season uh, is amazing. Uh, if you haven't seen uh, the show Review, starring Forrest, Mane Forrest McNeil, played by Andy Daly, Andy Daly, probably easy for me to put in the top 10 of favorite comedy bang bang guests uh maybe top five maybe top three paul of Th paul of tompkins got to be number one so you know i really like this guy <laughs> and i like the show not just because he's in it but he is a very good factor of making it a goddamn delight with many belly laughs a few tear generating laughs yes laughs to the degree where tears fall Thank you. Review. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the show, basically he, the, uh, ah, oh shit. The reviewer, Andy Daly, uh, reviews life. Ah, just as we do on this podcast from time to time. Ah, my wife's calling. Yeah, you know what? She doesn't listen to this podcast, so I'm hanging up on her. Oh, and that made the timer go off. Terrific. Okay. Thought I put it on Do Not Disturb. Oh yeah, she's allowed through that. Okay, uh, that's behind the scenes action. Ignore everything I just said. A professional would cut that out. I am unprofessional. Uh, yeah, so Forrest uh, reviews life. Uh, so as I look at the things reviewed in season three, we have things such as putting a pet to sleep. Putting a pet to sleep. <laughs> uh, slapping a stranger's ass. Being a co-host, being Helen Keller, forgiveness, cryogenics, just the word, cryogenics, being struck by lightning, mm, and being pranked. And uh, he rates them all on a scale of five, which, as far as I'm concerned, is the only scale you can use. And uh, on that note, the rating I will give the, the, the show review, the review I will give review is five. Yes, a simple and easy five out of five. No ifs, ands, or delicious but slapped by a stranger which you know review accomplished by oh yeah that was the episode in which the co-host took over the reviewing segment for a portion of the program um i think my favorite of these eating a you know what i don't know uh, just looking at the first one was eating a locorito which uh take any uh basically item from a Taco Bell menu and say that you uh, are going to eat it. However, it's been discontinued. So how, how pray tell, do you eat one? Do you perhaps get the ingredients together that's made up one? No, no, no. Uh, 
that would be too simple and, well, wouldn't be real. Uh, do you perhaps uh, ask the company uh, if they could uh, make one for you? Mm, it's probably hard to get a hold of a company. No, what you do is find on, a, a, let's just say Craigslist or something of that ilk, uh, someone who uh, is a bit of a hoarder and hadn't cleaned their kitchen in the months, in the years that this thing has been out of commission. So you uh, contact them, go over there and eat the uh, years old uh, locorito. So needless to say, starting the uh, review season three off with a bang of the butt variety. Uh, struck by lightning. Yeah. Cryogenics. That one was good because he, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, he, uh, thought he was in like a cryogenics lab where he was going to be frozen and then, you know, sort of wake up in a hundred years or whatever. Like basically he thought this process was going to kill him. Uh, so when he does, does quote unquote wake up and, uh, starts wandering around amazed by all the, the new things he's seeing, uh, it, it's actually, he was just in one of those freeze labs where you can like go in and stand in a cold box for a little while, which uh, to be honest, is something I'm very interested in uh, a lot of the times I uh, seek the cold out I'm a real cold seeker I know some people are heat seekers but no I'm the opposite a cold seeker and what I'll do particularly uh, around the time where the seasons change from uh, summer to fall to uh, ideally winter even is uh, I do a couple of rides home in my car with the windows down and the freezing freezing cold and just soaking it in and primal screaming my balls off Conan the librarian don't you know the Dewey decimal system book banter today's book banter sponsor is seven shooters the inevitable improvements to six shooters oh <laughs> Uh, I don't remember writing that. Okay, so, uh, today I have for you a book! Oh my god, yes, finally, eh? Uh, I have been putting this off for a while now because, uh, it's actually an omnibus of three books in one. It is The Complete Chronicles of the Jerusalem Man, uh, John Shano is his name. This is book number, f uh, one to three by David Gemmel. Book number one is titled Wolf in Shadow. How? Uh, book number two is called The Last Guardian. Oh, no, you're not allowed there. And book number three is called Bloodstone. Ooh, ouchie. Uh, okay, so let me start off by doing something I often do at the top of reviews so that I don't forget to do it by the end, and that is give my numbered rating, which is easy. Easy for me to give this series a five out of five yes very very much loved it if you were at all a fan of uh I, i'm sure this comparison must have been made before uh the dark tower series by stephen king a lot of similarities right down to the main character uh john shano shano uh s-h-a-n-n-o-w however you would sound pronounce that name uh, got a lot of things in common with uh, Roland Deschene, is it? I think from um, from the uh, uh, Dark Tower series by Stephen King, uh, right down to the sort of being good with pistols. Uh, he's he's a sort of an expert marksman, which comes in handy in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Yes, 
yes, I fucking love post-apocalyptic. Uh, excuse me for swearing there, but I fucking love it. Uh, yeah, uh, post-apocalyptic movies, television shows, books, uh, video game. The Fallout's my favorite uh, video game series. Uh, the Stand is one of my favorite books. This, uh, the, this, it's not as good as The Stand, but there are similarities with that as well. Um, uh, just love it for some reason. Question mark. Don't quite know why. Uh, um, I think it's the fact that uh, in this one, what I like is that it's um. Uh, they explain and sort of uh, the the apocalypse happens twice we learn once before us as in us living today and once after us which is you know the the normal thing so us living right now is post-apocalyptic and that apocalypse oh boy uh was when uh the uh, events that uh, destroyed the city uh actually country actually uh empire of atlantis so basically um and the interesting thing about this is there is some science to this i think a little bit which uh, i was like thrown in and uh, wait on that note this does have a fair amount of sci-fi in it as well like there's some time travel there's some uh times where it exists in what's almost like the wild wild west uh, although that's in the future and then comes to our time but a little bit in our future and and then all the way back to atlantis oh yeah that's what i was saying so uh it takes place where uh atlantis existed and uh that earth was um twisted was hit by an asteroid oh no uh, it ended up being something else let's just say for the purposes of this uh it was hit by an asteroid and then tipped on its side so it was uh turning at a different rotation to the earth so basically uh suddenly the north pole was at the equator that sort of idea so that changed not only the where all the water is but it also just fucked basically everything up so that's why nothing exists of atlantis then uh sort of we come along humans uh thousands of years later and uh, we do our thing until we too do the same thing with sort of nuclear weapons and such so uh it's got that and then it's got things like magic um which they uh, i will say i'm uh, just about done book three got like uh, 20 pages left and i kind of don't think they're going to explain the quote-unquote kind of magic part where there's these stones that if you get them and they're glowing gold you can use the magic in them but then they can also make you evil anyways i did a horrible uh, description of it and um i regret it immediately hmm Today's game, Gavin's sponsor, is Dust of Dryness Antiperspirant. Thank you for that sponsorship, in which I have, yes, that's right, a D&D recap for you. Number four of the Storm King's Thunder campaign that I am uh, lucky to be a part of. Uh, let's see what we got. Uh, this is called The Moistest, The Moistest Cake Ever. Upon nearing the ruby-hued tree, it really does appear that literal rubies are growing from the branches. Out of curiosity, I approach <coughs> to pluck one, and fortunately, seeing this, Nocta stopped me with a suggestion I use my mage hand instead. 
Silly me, sometimes I forget all the many spells I have at my disposal. I do pl pluck one, and the carefulness was not was all for naught, as I magically put to sleep and had the most delightful dream. I awake to hear Nadrina and someone else giggling, as apparently Noctis has, trippin', has tripped and fallen. Uh, with further investigation and some cajoling, an alluring, wriggly-dressed fairy named Cheery Vine uh, reveals herself, and fortunately, Nadrina still has a few minutes left of the Comprehend Languages spell I cast on her to find out this delightful little fairy has been used has been using the tree to lure and kill orcs uh, who have been very active in this area. Uh, she also let us know that elves have been active recently in this area, which is fascinating, as I know it's been a long time since there have been... Uh, that they've been here, so perhaps they are coming to reclaim parts of the realm uh, that have been lost to them through the ages. I believe Sir Baylor would be interested to know this information, so perhaps we should investigate further. Uh, regardless... Uh, regardless, we are on an important mission now. Cheery Vine sent us off with some cheeries, uh, as it was a simple illusion making them appear as rubies. Uh, and let us know we are headed in the right direction, and that once we pass the Wailing Rock, we will be close to our destination. The Wailing Rock turns out to be an apt name on two fronts. One... It is a sizable rock in the shape of a face, and from holes in the eye sockets pour incredible amounts of water. Two, the sounds of weeping can be heard coming from one of the eye caverns. Uh, not one to simply pass by sounds of distress, I use my message cantrip to speak to whoever is in the eye, and when I ask if they need assistance, I was greeted not by words of thanks for my kindness, but instead by horrible screeching from what turns out to be a harpy. A harpy who attacks us, no less. Nadrina and I are fortunate to have Noctis with us as his ability to compel a duel. Uh, means our ranged attacks managed to do an incredible amount of damage thanks to some great rolls slash crits. Um, which then allow Noctus to finish it off with a flourish. I took a harpy feather and have press, pressed it in the Alshinary for study later. Perhaps it could come in handy and give me clues to imbue the desk with flight one day. When Nadrina, Noctis, and myself eventually reach the location that the illustrious giant slayer is reported to be, I will admit my initial assessment was not exactly promising. An elderly half-elf sleeping in a hammock does not exactly scream giant slayer. When, when Jahai wakes, she's not exactly cordial, but when she realizes she can help the town she has a fondness for, she agrees to come with and help with the battle. <laughs> uh, she does stress that despite the dwarven main medallion reading Giant Slayer around her neck, the tales of her slayage have been exaggerated uh, over the years, and she expects that we will likely all die, and I will admit her attitude has taken the wind out of my sails a little bit. After a short rest in the cottage with some delicious stew for a... For a meal, we have a quiet trip back to Miller's Hill. On the way back, 
we sprinkle in two of the four remaining uses of the dust of dryness into a stream just in case. There's a general hubbub when we arrive back, and town townsfolk have made some headway in preparing and planning for the giant's arrival, but they primarily are relying on us and the assistance of our giant slaying friend, Jahai. Uh, although they do not exactly seem impressed by her, and I will admit at this point, I do not exactly blame them. Uh, an intense session of planning begins... And ultimately, we agree on a two-fold plan based off phases of deception and attack. The plan was as follows. 1. Bake a giant-sized cake into which the two beads of dryness are delicately placed. 2. Nadrina greets the giant upon his arrival and using her superb skills at deception attempts to fool the giant by saying that the village has decided to give in to his demands and offers up this delicious cake as a sort of peace offering three oxford that's me uses the message cantrip and his knowledge of the giant language to further emphasize the deliciousness of the cake directly into the giant's mind four the giant then bites into said cake, and the beads explode into 112 gallons of water in a tremendous force. 5. Should, the, should that not dispatch the giant, Noctis will taunt the giant, getting him to charge at him, thereby falling into a pit trap Nadrina is disguising with a minor illusion. 6. Should that still not kill the giant, Noctis will further tease the giant over towards a nearby building where he will then use the magical command to sit, allowing Jahai and the giants allowing Jahai the giant slayer to pour two barrels of flammable oil on the giant. Seven light the giant on fire. Eight question 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 nine profits. Of course, no plan survives first contact with the enemy, but steps one to five fortunately went as plans. But then things started to go off the rails. As Igor, that was the giant's name, the giant was falling into the pit, he scored two brutal hits on Noctis, rendering him unconscious. With the only party member that could heal, fighting for his life, rolling death saves, I used my spell-infused speed... 100 feet to get to him only to realize i had no way of healing him N nadrina must have been in shock at seeing nocta struck from his horse by such a mighty blow as throws of her crystalline dart go wild and things are looking grim jahai the giant slayer sees this and in a fatalistic explosion of fury uh, she squares off with a giant and they trade mighty blows until finally with an urch shaking sound like a felled tree the giant topples over dead a momentary hush comes over all the uh, comes over all there a great cheer erupts from the whole town a cheer that i could still hear as we celebrate into the night the not end because that's only session four and session five is uh in a couple of weeks so there yeah uh okay so out of character now I want to say that cake idea, 100% mine. <laughs> and a little bit had to fight to make it happen, I will say. I will also say it's a ridiculous idea. Um, but the thing of D&D is uh, if you don't try ridiculous ideas, you'll never know what's going to work or not. So um, the, the other interesting thing uh, uh, as well is that that fight... 
uh, could have easily killed us, perhaps should have killed us, however, uh, especially because two of the members of our party couldn't make it that day, so it was just three of us. So it was me, a gnome wizard, with 14 hit points. Uh, uh, Nadrina, she's a gnome rogue. Uh, and then Noctis, who's a paladin, um, who did take blows from the giant, you know, toe-to-toe, but it, it's a giant, so, <laughs> and we're only level two. So it knocked him out pretty quick, and... Uh, yeah, we were, we were fucked. I, I thought we might die, but, uh, you know, a close one. And that's what it's all about. Intercourse sponsor is 100 cubic meters of secret sauce. Thank you for your sponsorship. Okay, uh, have I don't know if I've ever done one of these before. Uh, it is a, a podcast mini series, I think you would call it. Yeah, um, I'm sure I have. It's just because podcasts that are ongoing that I'm currently listening to are the vast majority of what I have listened to traditionally. But uh, when I saw this in my searches, I forget what I was looking for exactly. But when I saw it, I'm like, oh, man, I, I got to listen to this. And if there's anything more like this, I'll tell you what right now, uh, you listening to this, please uh, tell me um, if things exist like Stephen Fry's Great Leap Years, a six part series. Uh, is it BBC? Probably. Uh, Stephen, uh, let me read the Apple podcast description for you. Stephen Fry's Great Leap Years explores topics ranging from the rise of humankind as the inventor to the astonishing combination of persistence, investment, and inspiration it took to create the Gutenberg Press and the communication technologies that created our world. It tells the story of how lives have been transformed by a fascinating and compelling mixture of human decision and vision, greed and need. Uh, two other things I feel like we needed there, but the description ended. Yeah, uh, very, very, very reminiscent of uh, a show back in the day called Connections, and there was also Connections too, where... Uh, uh, Stephen, over the course of these shows, is sort of um, almost taking two points and saying how we got from point A to point B. Uh, on the television show Connections, it was a little more um, how uh, a, a dog barking led to the creation of the telephone. Uh, you know, s things like that. Um, this is a little more concrete, I would say, perhaps. Mm, yeah, why not? Uh, needless to say, 5 out of 5, anything Stephen Fry just talking. <laughs> Love him. Uh, interesting person. And obviously, I think he... Well, not obviously, but I'm fairly confident he wrote these as well. Um, it's definitely got the sound of being written in his voice. And uh, I love it, so I will need more, please. And thank you. Moving on to Nerdarchy. Uh, yeah, or Nerdarchy or nerd archie if you want to say it real wrong uh yeah this is a uh uh D, D youtube channel been around for quite a while 
I think there was a oh yeah, but since twenty fourteen, wow, pretty cool. Um, I think I may at one point have been subscribed to it, but uh, then maybe wasn't for some reason. I don't know. And uh, recently came across it again. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I I, I remember these guys. Um, basically two dudes. Uh, Dave and Ted? Oh, wait. I actually made a note, which I normally forget to do. D yeah, Dave and Ted. You know what? I think I put the note. Because I always, like, uh, wish Dave's name was Bill. And then it could be Bill and Ted's Nerdarchy for Nerds by Nerds. Because that would be a delight. A goddamn delight. Uh, yeah. Two guys who obviously know their stuff. Um, talking of various subjects. Uh, one thing they do that I like is uh, create builds based on... Uh, certain criteria, you know, that's fun. It, it reminds me a little bit of the D&D &D Character Lab, uh, that podcast. Uh, so it's good, clean, fun. Moving on to Ben y Yahtzee Croshaw's Dev Diaries. Yeah, so since this podcast started, I have been talking of Zero Punctuation. Uh, it'll come up every once in a while. Um, I, I feel like I've been seeing a lot of uh, Mr. Brent Croshaw. Um, this in particular was interesting, though, because what he's decided to do is over the course of a year, 12 months, he will uh, be creating a video game every month. So 12 video games, 12 months, that's his plan. And uh, by golly, he's on his way into doing it. Um, I think I just finished watching the seventh or eighth one. Um, and, and it's pretty interesting because he goes into the actual making of a video game and what's involved right down to the code sometimes. So sort of fascinating to see that. Um, you, let me preface this by saying uh, I don't know if I could watch anyone do what he's doing. It's just the fact that he does it with his uh, sarcastic comedy stylings over top of it that make it uh, combination interesting and uh, very, very humorous as well. So. Uh, it's when you combine those two things that truly make magic, I think. And uh, that's why I bring it back here to talk about so that you go experience the magic for yourself. Magic not dissimilar to a six-foot Big Mac. Yes. Yes. Speaking of people I have spoken of since this podcast started, which is kind of nice that we did this. Um, I didn't really plan on doing that, uh, but it's nice that we're speaking of uh, two things that, since the beginning of this podcast, for over, really, 499 episodes ago, uh, they're still around, doing their thing, uh, very, very popular, I'm still around, doing my thing. <sighs> it's nice to be nice. To the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. <laughs>